down in Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday, friends. Today is May the 4th. May the 4th be with you as we discuss Torch Report 359, uh, misplaced financial panic rocks the markets. I, The more I think about it, friends the clearer it becomes to me here that we should have no fear. Live free of fear. Live fearless, friends. On Monday, I was mentioning that AI was already controlling the financial markets. Maybe, just maybe, this explains why, you know, it, it always looks like it's going to collapse, but then it doesn't. Because all these algorithms can can do magical things that we can't do as mere human beings. Now, I didn't take the time to dive into this on Monday because I was focusing on breathing to maintain sanity as we go through the Great Reset. We need to have a great awakening to gently shake people awake from the the irrational cult delusions that come from being infected by the woke mind virus. And for this, friends, better breathing will certainly help. But that's only one aspect of a much longer strategy. And we need to have a much longer term strategy. The globalists are thinking on a much longer term strategy. And if we're to mirror their methods, then we need to have a much longer term strategy here. Now, in the interim, as we face the daily deluge of mis, dis, and malinformation, state-funded propaganda, carefully curated and censored news feeds, friends, we must remain vigilant in our assessment of reality. In order to keep people asleep, The elites have to cycle us through these endless iterations of panic because the panic shuts down critical thinking. And then following the panic, there is a period of relative calm that seduces the herd into accepting a new normal. I kind of think of it like shock therapy for society as a whole. That's kind of what's going on here. And that's where the financial markets uh, come into the spotlight today, friends. The threat of impending financial collapse is a surefire way to spook the herd, right? So, you know, you think, oh, my gosh, there's a, they're, you know, the bank run. They're going to take away all my money. Ah, you know, whatever. People freak out. Oh, my retirement account's collapsing. How am I going to survive? Ah, people freak out. Shuts down critical thinking. But then, oh, it's not that bad. You know what? Everything goes back to normal, kind of, and people forget about it. Anyway, take a look at these headlines that are out there today, friends. Here we go again. Troubled California bank PacWest craters 60%. Trading in PacWest shares suspended amid fears of new U.S. banking crisis. The U.S. banking crisis has closed uh, close to 109, says Let me spit that out. The U.S. banking crisis, close to 190 banks could collapse, according to a study. Now, what if a banking crisis, what if this is a banking crisis that doesn't end? Wall Street is banking that the regional bank crisis isn't over yet. First Republic Bank has been taken over by the federal government and sold to J.P. Morgan. All of this, friends, is happening right now. Are you ready to make a run on the bank yet? Are you ready to go get your cash and bury it in a can? I suspect that that's what they're aiming for here. They're trying to freak people out in order to start a stampede that causes small and regional banks to get crushed by the weight of panicking peasants. All the while, the big banks snatch up the assets of smaller banks and small businesses and consumers alike. 
The net result here, friends, is the consolidation of power and control in the hands of elite bankers and their government backers. And if you think about it like that, the strategy seems pretty straightforward, does it not? Now, you know, this misplaced financial panic, is it misplaced or not misplaced? What I'm saying here is have no fear because they're using the fear to drive the stampede, to crush the small banks, to consolidate power and control in the hands of the big banks. That's what I think is really going on here. Now, printing money out of thin air, no doubt about it. That's going to drive rampant monetary inflation. That's what we're living with right now. Historically high inflation then rapidly erodes the value of our bank accounts and retirement funds. It destroys the value of the dollar. It fuels the rate hikes that then put even more pressure, disproportionate pressure on the average middle class peasant. All the while, the big banks are rolling in record profits. Think about that cycle. Okay, they print money because it's a crisis, and then this leads into you know consumer crisis because of inflation and the destruction of the currency and all this kind of stuff, and then that feeds the collapse of small banks, which then feeds the consolidation power into the big banks. Uh, just to consider the trend here, do I did put a few links in the report today? Uh, Wall Street banks set to report record profits for 2021. Note the trend. Big banks to rake in record profits from commodities in 2022. Biggest U.S. banks report bumper profits amid 2023 turmoil. Consider the trend, friends. The big guys are winning and the little guys are getting stiffed. But that is, of course, nothing new. The aggravating, you know, as aggravating as this is, it's so frustrating. Like these guys, you know, these these damn elite capitalists, right? That's the way the left likes to portray it. But I think that it's more than that. I think it would be wise for us to consider the longstanding ongoing trend of the big guys winning and the little guys getting stiffed within the context of the Great Reset and the overarching globalist agenda. How does the consolidation of money, power, and control in the hands of huge international banks serve to further the globalist agenda? How will this affect our bank accounts, our retirement accounts, and you know our local economies? How will it affect our ability to get gas and groceries and the goods that we need to enjoy a relatively comfortable modern lifestyle? Friends, these are all pressing questions. And the truth is, I don't have the answers. You know, really nobody does. But of course, that does not mean that we can't have fun speculating about different scenarios, right? So, you know, trying to forecast the financial future, is the market going to collapse? I don't know. You know, uh, it's like trying to determine your destiny by peering into a crystal ball. And that's why this article caught my eye. There's an article out on Zero Hedge titled Crystal Balls, Soothsayers, and AI. Oh, my. Crystal Balls, Soothsayers, and AI. Oh, my. And this this article, you know, Zero Hedge is a financial I mean, they do geopolitical commentary and all that kind of stuff, but it's really a financial website with like some pretty hardcore financial analysis. And so they dropped this chart on the table, which I included here in the report today. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com to see this nifty chart and get all the goodies. Now, if you look at that chart, 
It shows, you know, from the 1960s to 2020 and beyond, a, an exponential hyperbolic curve. It's a parabolic, I should say. It's a parabola, right? And it's it's it shows from 1983, $6 trillion in debt to... 2022, $93 trillion in debt. And obviously, that trend cannot continue on forever. I mean, you look at the chart, it looks like it's going vertical. It's skyrocketing here. But the question is, can it go on forever? The two questions that were posted in this article were, one, how long will it take to add the next $40 trillion in debt? I mean, that happened in just you know the last 10 years. And then the second question I think is really more important here is precisely how will AI, artificial intelligence, change the trajectory of debt or the eventual banquet of consequences of parabolic increases in debt? Now, that's the end of the questions, the little excerpt there. But how will AI change the trajectory of the global economy? Now that, friends, that is a very intriguing question. I was really thinking about that, chewing on this. With AI regulating the financial markets, as the author notes, the possibility now exists of having a never-ending bull market. It's like free money forever, right? Uh, This never-ending bull market with the algorithms, the advanced AI, can now stay one step ahead of the debt crisis. It becomes, in theory, plausible for this to go on forever. But will it work? And if so, how would that scenario play out and impact the average person? These are the questions I've been contemplating. So let's go ahead and pivot here to put this in the broader context. The more money they print or conjure up at the tap of a button, the more power and control gets consolidated and distributed among the global elites. And it's the distribution of this plunder that I want to turn attention to. The question is, where does all of this money go? They've created trillions of dollars. Where does it go? I mean, the global elites can only spend so much on their lavish lifestyles, throwing swanky parties at Davos and jetting around in their private jets to lecture the peasants on destroying the planet and buying off corrupt politicians, etc. So where does the rest of the money go? Fair question. And in reality, we'll never really know. But we can connect some dots and read the writing on the wall. The ESG agenda meaning both the environmental sustainable governance, the the radical climate agenda, and also the earth systems governance, which is the radical climate agenda. So the ESG on the investment side, you know, investing in green uh, green companies or companies that say they're going to save the planet, that's kind of the economic side of the ESG agenda. The earth systems governance, that's the political side of the ESG agenda. But along with all of this, along with the various aspects of the global surveillance apparatus that's being funded right now, uh, these things are certain to sop up much of the slop, so to speak. But there will also be a continuous redistribution of this wealth. You know, it's not really wealth. It's just money, you know printed out of thin air, but they're going to take this wealth and redistribute it by investing in developing nations. And this is how the global elites essentially purchase compliance and control of small countries all around the world. And then this, this friends, then 
it's meant to institute global democracy. As we have previously discussed, this effort to to institute global democracy, this effort to level the playing field globally is really just a thinly veiled power grab. It gives the global cabal more and more control over global affairs, and that's what they want, total control. So by extracting money from the rich countries and funneling it into developing nations, the global cabal can incrementally institute global governance and advance the new world order. <laughs> That's how it works. I mean, again, and I'm not, these people aren't stupid, you know. And then, of course, this all allows them to pit the poor nations against the prosperous ones which then gives them democratic leverage in the world's governing bodies like the UN and the WHO. So when, you know, poor third world countries are pounding their fists saying, we need more money for infrastructure and, and to save the planet. Where does that money come from? Not from putting people to work and learning how to be productive humans, but by extracting that from the productive peasants in other countries like the good old fashioned US of A, where people used to value grit, determination and hard damn work because it made something out of nothing. Not to be confused with pushing a button to make something out of nothing. But just like uh, just like the Democrats buy votes by giving away other people's money, all the government handouts and stuff. So, too, does the global cabal aim to purchase ever more influence, power and control by stealing money from middle class Americans and investing it in third world countries. Friends, global equality means that you will eat bugs and own nothing, just like much of the rest of humanity already does. And you are supposed to be happy about eating bugs and owning nothing because this is saving the planet and it's standing in solidarity with the starving children in Africa. Ho, 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 ho. Friends, the starving children in Africa who already own nothing and eat bugs, they're also going to be happy. It's a win-win, you know, because now they have the benefit of being institutionally indoctrinated, forcefully vaccinated, and digitally assimilated into the new world order, all courtesy of your hard-earned money. In reality, the situation obviously is a little more complex than that, but I'm sure you get the point here. Friends, in a perfect world, Global citizens can all enjoy an equitable lifestyle thanks to the benevolent masters who take from the rich and give to the poor. At least that's the story. Which brings me to the dreaded but forthcoming digital currency. Friends, the U.S. Treasury Secretary, well, well I don't know if it's a, it might have been a spokesperson. Anyway, U.S. Treasury recently confirmed that they're getting our digital dollars ready. Woohoo! You know, the CBDC, that's exciting. It's ready to roll out, whether we're ready for it, whether we want it or not. Noting that China has started rolling out their digital currency way back in 2020. And remember, China, they're the role model for the world. So the financial scholars at the Treasury and the Fed, they claim that these digital dollars will be a boon for humanity as they promise to provide, quote, Financial inclusion for people who are underbanked, period, end quote. Now, doesn't that sound nice? Digital dollars are going to provide financial inclusion for people who are underbanked. Wow. I want to support that cause. Don't you want to support that cause? Don't you want to be a good human being? Friends, no doubt. 
All of those poor, financially excluded, underbanked peasants will lunge at the opportunity to get something from nothing for nothing. You know, they're going to rush to open their digital accounts and gleefully accept all the free money that just magically appears in these accounts. And they're going to be grateful and they're going to vote accordingly. And to keep this pipe dream of prosperity going, they're going to go along with whatever the government tells them to do. That would be the global government, by the way. And if they don't go along with what the global government tells them to do, then all of those digital dollars will simply disappear, just like magic. The government giveth and the government taketh away. (laughs) Friends, while it would be impossible for the government to monitor every transaction to ensure compliance with the ESG regulations, even though they've spent some $10 million on weapons and ammo to outfit, outfit IRS agents in combat gear, all that aside, you know, the government really couldn't monitor and control everybody's money. But with the AI, now they can because the AI can handle this with ease. Thus, once they have implemented the digital currency, there really will be no way to escape complying with whatever harebrained scheme the government comes up with. Plus, if you do decide to get clever and try to bury your money in the backyard or stash your gold nuggets under the bed, friends, they've got tens of thousands of armed federal agents who are just itching for something to do. If you think about it, you know, you don't think that they hired all these thugs and outfitted them with combat gear for nothing, do you? Of course not. So here's what I think, friends. I don't think there's going to be some great catastrophic financial collapse. If that happens, It's going to happen fast and it's going to be over soon. Ultimately, it's going to serve as a catalyst to fully implementing digital currency. Now, I understand the economy is in shambles. I understand that the financial markets are unstable. I understand that banks are going bankrupt. But that doesn't mean that things are not moving along according to the globalist plan. It will be easier for them to force everyone into digital dollars once they've consolidated control in the hands of the banks that are too big to fail. And those banks that are too big to fail are not going to fail, friends. And that's the point. That's the point. You know, instead of collapsing everything, I believe the global elite and the international banking cartel will continue to leverage AI to manipulate the markets and public perception in order to advance the global redistribution of wealth that is currently financing the ever-expanding great inescapable socialist surveillance state and our incredible transition to future Earth. Friends, the global cabal wants total control. And make no mistake, they'll stop at nothing to get it. But that does not mean that they're willing to risk their own discomfort in the process. If they can hike rates and crush the middle class and destroy small businesses and extract maximum taxes from the world's most productive peasants and do that without collapsing the entire system, they will. This is what would best serve their agenda, friends. And if I had a crystal ball, I'd say that's exactly what they intend to do. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the website or the Substack app. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday, friends. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Enough.